podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of MC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. I am very, very excited today because I have got Christine Garvey here with me. Christina is an artist, teacher, and coach, and got my attention when she hosted a scarcity workshop back in December, which I went to and had the biggest aha moment. It was a workshop that I'd needed for a very long time. So I have asked Christine to come on the podcast today because I think it is something that will resonate with you guys as my audience as well. So hi, Christine. Hi. Thank Thanks you for so, having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Today, we're going to talk all about scarcity. So I think, should we just jump right in with what is scarcity? Yeah. So um, when I started studying, so I, I'm an artist and I started looking at um, scarcity and scarcity mindset as it affects creative people and kind of how they think about um, their lives and their success and all of the things that they're juggling at a time. Um, so when we talk about scarcity, and you might have heard scarcity mindset before, and you didn't quite know what it was. But when we talk about scarcity, it's the idea of having less than you feel you need. Mm -hmm. So it's this perceived sense of lack. And so scarcity mindset, the way that I talk about it in my work, and um, we'll talk about it today, is the belief that there will never be enough of what you're looking for, and that what you want is in limited supply. So it's a really kind of interesting idea because it's really a mindset. So it's this perceived sense that something is missing, that you will never have enough of this thing that you are seeking. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really relevant for my audience because I'm going to jump ahead slightly and say that when I see scarcity mindset show up in property investors, which I do a lot, it's they feel like they don't have the right knowledge. It's not the right time for them because maybe they were going to get um, they were going to be able to buy the best properties 10, 15 years ago and now they've missed out. Maybe they're not in the right location. They're not feeling good enough to do it, not having the right lifestyle or finances. So could you open our eyes into why does this scarcity mindset show up and how do we know that we're feeling it? Yeah. So when I first started researching this, I, I kind of went down this rabbit hole because you know when i heard about scarcity mindset and the definition i had the same thing where i was like oh my god this is this is something that i'm living with every day mm -hmm. and it's affecting the way i perceive what's available to me as a creative person and so i came across the topic originally through jessica abel who does um really great writing about this work and the research of um a princeton psychologist and um economists at Harvard University and their their names are Sandil Malena Thon and Elder Shafir. And they wrote this book called Scarcity, the New Science of Having Less and How It Defines Our Lives. And what they talk about in this book or in their research is they studied people who were experiencing extreme scarcity um, in their financial lives. So people who were living in a very impoverished um, community and they looked at how they, what was happening in their brains when they were trying to solve the problem of paying the rent on the first, 
right? Mm -hmm. And what they notice is that they did something called tunneling, which means they, they laser focused on the problem they are trying to solve, the area where they felt scarce, where in this case was um, around money. And they noticed that they got really, really effective, really good at solving the problem in a short-term way, which might be through taking out credit cards, opening credit cards, or doing payday loans. Mm -hmm. But they experienced long-term consequences that they were unable to um, account for, which put them, which made their scarcity issue worse and worse, right? If you take out payday loans, that could put you in greater debt. Yeah. So this, this phenomenon is what they call the focus dividend, that when you're in scarcity mindset, when you believe that what you want is in limited supply, your brain, there are pros and cons to the situation. One, the pro is that you have this increased sense of focus. So you might experience that when you're trying to, um, you know, look for something or solve a particular problem, you get really, really laser focused and determined to find the solution. Um, and that's called tunneling. Mm -hmm. So we feel really efficient and effective. And there's all these positive, uh, seemingly positive <laughs> aspects to it, right? But there are cons to this mindset. And the cons are that when you're in the tunnel, when you're doing obsessive myopic thinking, you cannot see out of the tunnel. So that means that you cannot see other opportunities, other possibilities, other than what you're tunneling around. The other thing that happens that's kind of a con, definitely a con, <laughs> is you lose your bandwidth. So you lose um, basically your fluid intelligence. That's what your bandwidth mm -hmm. is. And that includes your ability to make non-impulsive decisions to, mm -hmm. you know, your, your kind of um, executive function and your ability to create a problem solve. So when you're feeling scarce, when there's a perceived sense of lack, your bandwidth is incredibly diminished. Yeah. That's the second one. And then the third one is that you do trade off thinking when you're experiencing scarcity mindset, you do either or thinking. So you think it has to be this way or it has to be that way. It cannot be both or there cannot be a third possibility that I could never have assumed. Mm -hmm. So we notice when you're in a scarcity mindset, right? There's a lot of those cons. And I'm sure that kind of connects to things that you're experiencing, your audience is experiencing too. Well, let me, I'll share a couple of places where I, this, this part of your lecture where I heard it was the bit where kind of the light bulb went off because yeah. I, I myself can get into this tunnel vision and I can give you um two places right off the top of my head where that's happened recently and as property investors um they might be able to relate or certainly they can the first one is I just was doing a redevelopment project and the project went way over the budget that I was hoping it it would mainly because I was dealing with a really old building the pipework had gone and needed to go and find more money and I was so focused on the place where I was going to get money or the fact that I didn't have enough money to do it when evidently now thinking back on it I definitely did there was money coming in from different places but I just could not get my head around the fact that I hadn't budget budgeted properly so I was in the wrong I felt I was really punishing myself for it um, and ended up um, to get myself 
back on track, I took a interest-free credit card loan, which now actually was a really good idea because I don't have to borrow anything else. But at the time, it was stressful for me because I was so upset with myself. And all I could think about was the fact that I didn't have enough. I'd not planned properly. So I had to get myself out of it. And I'd gone into that tunnel. So that was number one. And number two, as my audience will have heard, is that I've been dealing with tribunal and and court case around service charges with one of my properties. And I was so fixated on one point of the court case, I couldn't get my head around anything else, whereas I needed to look at it very impartially. And now that's passed that actually it all came right. But I had to let go a little bit and go, okay, someone else needs to pick up some of this and tell me what's happened from their point of view. But for the first two months, I couldn't get over the fact that I was the only professional in in it and no one else seemed to be caring about what was going on and it was going to cost a huge amount of money and why wasn't anybody interested? And I couldn't stop fixating on that. Yeah, totally. and, And that meant that I wasn't getting the best outcome. And when I ended up... Thinking back to what you'd said about tunneling, I was like, yeah, I've just got myself in that tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to actually pick myself out of that and say, hey, hold up a second. What would you say to yourself if you weren't actually in this situation? Yeah. And there's a really interesting, I mean, the tunnel, it's so, it happens to us so easily. And, And another way of kind of thinking about the tunnel is we have kind of two modes of problem solving as creative people. This is a theory by, um, the John Cleese, the Monty Python yeah. Wonder Man, he says that there is there are two modes to creative problem solving, and one is closed mode, and the other is open mode. And closed mode is kind of a version of tunneling, where you're doing really kind of strategic, analytical, results-driven thinking mm-hmm. as a way to you know solve your problem more quickly. And a lot of times, we spend most of our time there, yeah. when in reality problem solving, like great new solutions come from more time in open mode, which means that you are being open to other solutions. There's an element of inquiry, of um, dealing with the uncertainty and sitting with that for a little bit until kind of um, new solutions come forward. So that's another way of of thinking about those two mindsets. That's really interesting. Because Thinking about that then, is that the same as if you were, you know, we will work on our own as entrepreneurs and property investors. I mean, it's a solo thing because you're investing for yourself. Unless you go and joint venture with somebody or you invest in a project, nine times out of 10, you're working for yourself, which means that you're always sat behind a computer, scrolling through the next property to invest in, looking at deal analysis. Do you think that then changing that situation and taking a step back and just letting people come to you and then going out and doing other things would change that is that going from a closed to an open way of solving it i think you have to build in we as as humans we want to drill down and solve the problem we want Mm -hmm. to be in the tunnel because remember when you're in the tunnel you feel effective you feel like you are getting answers but the problem is is that you have blinders on when you're in that mode, you have blinders on. So you might not see like a possible collaboration or another opportunity or a different way to approach something. So basically you have to um, find a balance between these two modes of working. Like I think really successful entrepreneurs, really successful artists, creative people are not, they are able to move between these 
two modes of functioning um, really fluidly. And it's not just because they, they were born that way. It's because they've set habits. They put habits in place to let them, to know when the tunnel is not working, when closed mode is not working, and to be able to move into a different mindset. Mm-hmm. So um, we can talk to you about some ways to do that because it's really hard. You know, it's it's not easy to just um, turn off. It's not like turning off a button. You have to like train yourself how to do it. And being able to self-identify, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have even thought about it until I'd come to your event and be like, oh, yeah, I tunnel all the time. It's a coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so can we can we talk about that then and how we know when it's showing up because ultimately it's probably different different from every for everybody and how we can start thinking about ways in which we can get ourselves out of it yeah so you know when you're tunneling when you're experiencing scarcity mindset when those three things happen where you do myopic thinking so Mm -hmm. you're in that's the tunnel you have a loss of bandwidth. So you will feel that loss of bandwidth. Mm -hmm. You will be like, I am tired. I am out of ideas. I'm sure everybody's had that experience where they're at their computer all day and they're like, my energy is so low. It's unbelievable. Like you are experiencing a loss of bandwidth and you cannot make good decisions Mm -hmm. when that's happening, right? You're losing your um, elasticity. And then the third one is either or thinking. So if you find yourself approaching a situation as there is only, you know, it's this way or that way, there's a door and a window and that's it. Well, you're really not going to see like, you know, the other door on the other side or another window. It's you're going to you're going to paint yourself into a corner. So if you're doing one of those three things, you are experiencing scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And there are some techniques to kind of shift you out of that mode into more of an abundance mindset into the open mode. Mm-hmm. And I can talk about kind of a few of the ways yeah. that I do that. Yeah. One of them is has to do with time. So if you are, um, if you, you want to create systems to be conscious of your work habits and get you out of the tunnel when it's time. You want to make that tunnel, that laser focused way of working work for you and not take you out, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. or it like burns you out. So the first one I say is set aside intentional time for the task you need to get done, whatever that is, you know? So if it's like you're researching something or you're seeking out a new opportunity or a new collaborator, designate time for that. And the best way to do it, I don't know, you know, this is different for everybody and how they like to work. I do it through an alarm. I'm not kidding. I will (laughs) set, especially when you're training yourself to do something new, I set an alarm and be like, this is the time, this is the intentional time I am spending on this pursuit. And at the end of this time, I know that I'm going to need a break. I know that I have to teach my brain to do something else so that I can be maximizing um, how it's working and how, you know, fluid and, um, kind of free it, it feels yeah so i say set aside intentional time create an alarm another one to build into your process to to prevent you from experiencing a lot of scarcity is to get an outside perspective and build that into your um the your process for your or your systems for how you're working whether that is you know an expert in another field or even if it's your partner and you need them to kind of help you step out of it and see something outside of um, what you might have been focusing on and you miss something really 
huge just because your brain is is wants you to be um, focusing on something specifically. Yeah. So get an outside perspective. And then the third one is, and this is the real magic of um, the open mode and what really great creative people know is that get in your body. You know, so much of the time we spend in our control tower, in our brain, and we think that that is the, that is the place where good ideas come from. And in reality, it's like when you have taken a break, when you go outside and you go for a walk, or you listen to music, or you take a shower, or you go do something, you know, physical, you you restore your fluid intelligence, you restore your bandwidth, and new ideas will come to you all the time. It's like a total truth. I don't know if you've experienced that, mm-hmm. but it's a it's real. It really is real. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I if I have an email that comes into my inbox from a client and I think, oh, what would be the best way of figuring out that I'll go for a run or I'll walk the dog. And by the time I come back, I normally have a thought about it or some sort of a solution. And if I don't, I sleep on it. Mm, Yeah. That's smart. Yeah, that's that's normally how it it works. And sometimes though, it doesn't, and I get I still get frustrated with myself. I'm like, I should have an answer to this, and I don't, and I can't remember what the right thing to say here is. Yeah, and it's all. I think the concept too is to stop reacting. Mm. Like be, it's that concept of like if I don't react, if I don't do this immediately, it's not going to be solved. But in reality, right? If you're just functioning in a reactive way you're functioning out of fear and you're functioning out of scarcity so you're trying to train yourself to build systems so that you're reacting out of abundance and possibility and excitement versus scarcity yeah and how how do we stop ourselves in that moment though because i've 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 had to seriously over the last couple of years since running my business had to really calm down on the triggered emails if someone sends me something Mm -hmm. that's awful I was I used to be very good at kind of sending back a one-liner and being like yeah that's it I stomped that out I don't do that anymore (laughs) how do we catch ourselves what what can we do to stop that yeah well the first thing is that you know dealing with the tunnel so like we said when you're in the tunnel you don't have the bandwidth you do either or thinking Mm -hmm. you react so setting aside time. So maybe if it's you set aside time for sending your emails and you're like, this is when I'm going to get this done. And, you know, I'm going to pause afterwards so that I don't do something impulsive. Yeah. So building in a system, the outside perspective and yeah, taking a break. The other thing that I think is a huge problem for people that I notice with um, the clients that I work with and, and creative people in general is that the juggling, when we are juggling too many things in our lives, that exacerbates the problem of scarcity, the issues of scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. Because when you have too many things going on at a time, basically you are moving from tunnel to tunnel to tunnel to tunnel. Yeah. Right. Because everything that you're juggling, whether it's a lot of properties or being a parent or, you know, other creative projects or your day job or all of these things, you are always going to feel like there is never enough in every compartment of your life. You're going to move 
from one scarcity mode to another. So it's going to exacerbate it. And that's what they talk about in this, in um, Sanjil Malunathan and Elder Shafir in their book on scarcity is minimizing the juggle. Mm-hmm. So that's another um, really key thing because it's very difficult to just move from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. It's not just going to happen because you will it. The first things you have to do are you have to deal with um, the way that you're managing your time. You have to deal with um, bringing in outside voices and you have to manage your amount of juggling and minimize that. So you're making values based, you're setting values based priorities Mm -hmm. and how you're driving your business. So do you think that scarcity mindset then comes from beliefs that we've got that just aren't correct around what's going on what do you mean so give me an example so for example if you are um say you're a property investor and you see all of these other property investors buying properties couple a year this that and the other and that it's constantly showing that they've been out they've found the best possible deal they've bought it and you're thinking oh my gosh well why aren't I like that? And then the belief comes that you're not good enough to do that. Maybe you don't have enough of the resources. Maybe you're a failure. Does that trigger scarcity mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can be, it's it's your perceived sense of lack. Mm-hmm. So if you are, and we're social, social creatures too, which yeah. is another thing that I say about um, minimizing your experience or or kind of changing your shifting out of a scarcity mindset mode is there are a lot of systems that exacerbate exacerbate that type of thinking. And one of them is social media too. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what your philosophy on social media is, but I do think depending on how you use it, if you're using it to, you know, you're comparing yourself to all of these people who are in your eyes are pursuing, you know, things are going really well and they have like, you know, every setup that you could possibly want and you feel like it's never going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That social media is going to exacerbate that way of thinking because you're not really seeing it. You're always perceiving things through your lens of um, lack. So it's definitely going to make that worse. Cause it's kind of just like the highlights reel of everybody's good time. And it's not kind of showcasing probably all of the labor and challenges behind everybody's life it's not <laughs> social media doesn't do that right well th- this is it I my philosophy around it changes from time to time depending on how oh. I feel and I know that when I ask other people what my social media presence looks like because I just can't judge it I'm not I've always been very open about the fact that I'm a surveyor I do property I am not a marketing expert by any means but just over the years I've developed systems within my business where we just are putting out relevant social media content but I also know that I get an awful lot of scrutiny for it Mm. and so I keep myself distanced from it and everybody who's listening I'm going to open up and say I schedule my social media posts I'm not there all the time because it just I also get that that feeling where I'm looking around I'm like well this person's doing this and this person's doing that and I haven't got this engagement and not this many likes and blah 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 it's a rabbit hole that I hate going down yeah and I don't think you're alone and it doesn't mean that you um you know, I'm not saying don't use it. I, mm. I say it's be just like when you're dealing with the tunnel, like be intentional about your approach because it is a system that's set up to sell 
it's a system to make you feel scarce because that's how social media makes its money. Mm -hmm. So just being conscious that you're in engaging with it, you're engaging with a system that's reinforcing scarcity. That's kind of set up to reinforce scarcity because that's how it gets you to buy other things and, you know, like make impulsive decisions and, and, you know, build your life off of other people. So it's really just be, be intentional, seek, with from a place of abundance and possibility and notice when you're having those impulsive um, myopic kind of mindset challenges when you're using it. And so can I ask, how can you put yourself into the abundance mode? And a lot of my audience will be listening and thinking, oh my gosh, she's talking about abundance. What on earth? It's some kind of woo woo. Yeah. Where are you going with this? Um, what? How do we put that into general day to day? This is how a good feeling is. Yeah. Well, the first thing you have to do is I think if you just, you know, like are experiencing all of these real challenges and you just think, oh, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to meditate and it's all going to be good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we have monkey brains and we have to deal with them first. And that's where the dealing with the tunnel, thinking about time, thinking about outside opinions, thinking about intentionality is all the first stuff that you have to do, right? Because this stuff doesn't just change on its own. You have to consciously make new decisions about how you work and how you perceive things. Mm -hmm. So that's really the first step. And then when you have those things in place, um, you, there are some things that I, I have found working with creative people and my clients that have been great for shifting their mindset. And the first one, and this may sound woo woo, but it is so real is to get grateful because when you sit and you think of all of the things that you are grateful for, whether it is just your health or an opportunity that you already have, that you're already working with, um, that you should recognize that you have it, right? And all and it, and everything that it's bringing to you. The point of getting grateful, it's it's not just to you know channel your highest self, but it is actually a very practical exercise because it helps you recognize where you are resourced. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you already have? Whether that is a community or a space or a skill set or an existing property or whatever it is that you can leverage, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like sitting down and, and deciding what you're grateful for. Um, flexibility could be something you're grateful for, the ability to move. Um, it helps you make thoughtful decisions for your business because you can recognize where you are uniquely resourced and how you want to use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Um, Gratitude would be the first one. The second one I would say is to recognize that opportunities are renewable resources. And I experience this with, with in the creative world all the time, you know, where I might be working with someone and they had their heart set on a particular opportunity and they're like, well, it's over. You know, I didn't get it. It's the end of the road. And they feel really discouraged and they feel very scarce. And what I would say to that is recognize that these things renew itself. Mm -hmm. Nothing is finite, right? It's like these opportunities come 
kind of again and again in different forms if you are functioning in an abundance mindset, right? You believe in things that uh, it's not either or thinking. It's, it's anything is possible thinking. And a way to practice that, because it's hard to just start thinking that way, is to give something away. This is, <laughs> this is what I say. Because when you're in um, scarcity mindset, you are gripping. I don't know if you have had that experience yes. where you're, you're clutching on for dear life because you believe that if you don't let go, you're going to lose your one chance. And that means you're functioning out of fear. Mm -hmm. But if you give, if you release, and whether that giving is, it doesn't, I'm not saying give away like your, all of your worth. <laughs> I, you know, it could be giving something small on a daily basis, whether it's like your time to somebody or an opportunity that might be a really great fit for somebody else because it's more in alignment with where they are in their work and it's not a good fit for you. That's that's you saying to yourself and to the universe, like, hey, I know what I'm looking for. Opportunities are renewable resources and I'm open to those things coming to me. And you'll start to see it because you'll really feel it happening. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the, I would say those two. And then the third one that I say is um, to exercise. You have to exercise abundance with yourself. And the way that I do that with my, um, my <laughs> artists and my clients is that to practice luxury. Mm. And when I say practice luxury, I don't mean um, go buy an expensive car or, you know, buy a beach house or things I mean, small exercises of luxury. So that could be, you know, what could feel luxurious to you? What do you feel like you're not giving yourself that you deserve? It could be a midday nap. <laughs> like, it could, you know, it could be something really a vacation. It could be like a Sunday that's just for yourself. Because oftentimes if you are working really hard, you feel like you are not, you don't give yourself permission to experience all of these small, joyful, restorative things that are actually very essential for you to be um, thoughtful in your business and thoughtful in your life. And so if you are if you are exercising that abundance with yourself on a daily, weekly basis through small exercises of luxury, then you will start to see it out in the world. So it's like that concept of if you, you know, spend some money on yourself, you get a nice haircut, you get your nails done, that you feel like you are worth more money, you might ask for more money. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. It's like that combination of exercising it, and then you were, you were able to perceive it out in the world. That is such an interesting concept. And when you talked about that back in December, I did think about actually giving myself permission to do things because yeah. I, I've i always sat in that, um, that kind of scarcity mindset where I have enough, I'm fine, I do all right. Mm -hmm. um, anything extra I make just goes into savings or it goes into reinvestments or not, uh, not necessarily using it or feeling guilty when I did use it. Totally, yeah. And that was that was almost a way of punishing myself. I think, no, don't do that. You need to prepare for the future. But actually, it's nice to give yourself small gifts. And I know we spoke about it at the time, but I'd started going through a pattern of every month I'd buy myself new candles. Mm. Um, yeah. I think it was because I said at the time, I'd heard that J-Lo did it 
and she'd spent five thousand dollars a month on new candles. And I was oh like, yeah, that's a lot of luxury right there. Well, if she can spend that, I can spend a hundred dollars a month on it because I'm very much a Joe Malone fan. So I'll go out and buy that. Um, and then giving myself permission to do that, or even the small things like looking for an upgrade every time I fly because I fly a lot. And so giving myself permission to do that so I'm rested when I get to wherever I'm going because inevitably I'm going to be busy. Those small luxuries actually fall in with what I can afford to do and what I can do for myself, which actually makes me feel really good. And surely that's something different for everybody. Yeah. And it, it, you're exercising, I mean, for lack of a better word, like faith, you know, faith in yourself that it's you're going to figure out a solution and like faith in the universe that like things will unfold the way that they need to unfold. So that, that effectively is what abundance is and practicing it. So you're not gripping, you're not being like, I don't deserve this. This money has to go towards X, Y, Z thing, or this time, like I have to give my time to all of these things in order to be enough. Mm -hmm. It's that feeling of I'll never be enough. I'll never have enough. Um, and it can be, it's toxic, you know, it can spread um into your mindset big time and so what can we do can we avoid scarcity mindset i mean we've talked about ways in which you can get over it but is there a way in which we can avoid getting there in the first place or is it something that we just have to know can happen and we need to have tools to deal with it yeah it's gonna happen we're human mm -hmm. and it's just recognize it's a practice it's like anything else you have to mindset is a daily practice and it'll get easier the more you practice it right the more you mm -hmm. focus on the um whatever you focus on you make more of so things will get easier because you're training your brain brain to think differently but it's going to happen because we're human so it's more just being conscious of okay am i doing either or thinking okay am i doing that laser focus where i'm being myopic Am I experiencing low bandwidth? Mm -hmm. Well, you're in the scarcity mindset tunnel. Okay, so what do I need to do? I need to step out, go for a walk. I need to set, you know, designated amount of time for the task I need to get done. I need to get an outside opinion. And even in doing that, you're gonna, those are just three tools to get you to, to watch yourself, to stop it earlier and to be able to shift your mode of working and build in some systems so that it prevents it from happening again and again and again. Cause you wanna learn your lessons, right? You don't mm -hmm. wanna just like keep repeating the same mistakes, for, <laughs> you know, which we all do. But um, so yes, that's the first thing. And then once you have that uh, in place and you're able to recognize it and make some shifts, then you kind of are able to move into this abundance mode. And we will practice that abundance through the gratitude, recognizing where you're resourced, um, giving up the grip, so giving something away, being generous with something with intention, and then practicing um, abundance would be those those kind of three abundance, um, practicing luxury rather, mm -hmm. to feel, feel more abundant. And once you move there, what benefits have you seen your clients get from it? Oh my God, it's like life-changing. Yeah, it's, and that being said, it's a, it's a continual work, mm -hmm. right? It's not just like you show up and then it's like you did the work and you're done. It's, you're always gonna have new challenges, like new things that you feel scarce around yeah. or um, 
just like kind of things are, are being thrown your way that you wouldn't have anticipated. The I think the clients that I work with are usually at a crossroads in some um, capacity, whether it's in their creative practice, um, in their practice of making things or in their professional life. And that is where we experience when you're at a crossroads, it's usually where you're experiencing extreme scarcity because you're doing either or thinking. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, um, you're like, I can either be at my job and be miserable, or I can be unemployed, right? That's not, that's, those are not the only two options that are available to you. So when you're in abundance mindset, it's like you see that extra door, mm -hmm. right? You're not like, it's this thing or that thing. I can walk through that door and there are all of these new possibilities. And it is contagious. Like once you apply it to one area of your life, you're like, oh my God, what else have I been you know, doing this type of thinking around relationships or money or time or anything like that. So it's, it can be really profound. I have found it profound in, in my own life. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think that has absolutely covered scarcity mindset. Is there any <laughs> other tips that you can give to my audience before we wrap up? Yeah, I just say, like, be kind to yourself. This is not, we're humans, we make a lot of mistakes. And um, this is a practice. It's, I've been thinking about this for years now. And I, like, I still struggle with it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. So it's just recognizing when it's happening, being kind to yourself. And um, yeah, and treating yourself along the way. Amazing. That's my tip. Thank you. Thank you, Christine, for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. If anybody wants to find out more about Christine, I'm going to put her bio and her website in the show notes below. So make sure you go and check Christine out. Thank you so much for listening to us today. If you've liked this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us because that helps more people find the awesome content that's within this podcast. Thank you for listening. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.